Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 112. I'm Scott Davenport. In this episode, packing photo gear for a trip that is not about photography. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this passion we share. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. Traveling is a a joy for me. I was bit by the travel bug a good 25 years ago, and I love exploring a new place, revisiting an old one, reconnecting with family, with friends, with travel companions in these places. And as photographers, our thoughts gravitate toward the photo opportunities travel presents. But what to do when the primary reason for your trip is not photography? The trip is not an immersion in photography like going on a photo workshop. The reason for your travel is something else. A business meeting, a conference, a family vacation. Yet you want to work photography into the journey. And I have that exact scenario playing out in the next month or so. And in this episode of the podcast, I'll share how my photo packing for a non-photo trip is different, what gear I'm choosing to take, and what I'm leaving behind. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with a friend or with your camera club. And if you have a moment or two, please leave a rating and a review for the podcast. Those do really help. You know it helps. Go ahead and do it. You can do that right in the Mac OS or iPhone Apple Podcasts app, or you can leave a rating on the web at podchaser.com. The links are in the show notes. In my not-too-distant future, I have a trip coming up to Switzerland, and I'm really looking forward to the trip. It's been 20 years since I've been in the country, but this is not a photography trip. It's a family vacation. You know, kind of a big one too, you know, a last hurrah of sorts as a family, at least for a few years. You know, my son's halfway through university, my daughter enters in the fall, and, you know, sooner than I'd like to admit, you know, the summers that were free for travel as a family will be harder to schedule, you know, internships or summer classes. And this, uh, this summer we're going to do this big vacation and Switzerland is the destination. Having been there a bunch of years ago, I know how stunningly beautiful Switzerland is. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, and my memories of Switzerland are wonderful. The photos I brought back from 20 years ago, eh, not so great. I'm looking to change that, of course. And as a a landscape and travel photographer, I cannot miss the opportunity to make some photos while I'm there. I've got to do it. But, but, I know the trip isn't for photography. I won't be dragging my family out on a multi-hour drive to then hike some trail so that the sunrise hits the mountains just so and I get six minutes of great light. That's not going to happen. I I can hear the groans of my family just saying that out loud here. You know, ain't gonna happen. So my photography will be present. You know, I'll be a tourist, of course, capturing the sights, the buildings, the food, me and my family enjoying our trip. Just, you know, having fun, those memories that we'll build on the trip. And and I talked about this way back in episode two. Yeah, two of this podcast. This was January of 2020, where on past vacations, I would 
skip taking photos because I'd make excuses. You know, the light wasn't right or the subject wasn't so. And, you know, really it was missed opportunities. You're in a place and, you know, you're going to you get what you get at certain points. And I won't make that same mistake on this trip because a lot of the photography that will be in uh, this, this uh, set of travels for me, they're not about my portfolio. They're about making these memories. But I do plan to carve out time for a few more thoughtful landscapes and cityscapes. Finding the better composition, getting golden light, it's just not the photography that will be front and center on the trip. I'll need to be opportunistic. And maybe what I should do is after the trip, uh, come back and share on the podcast how I worked my, you know, personal, you know, artistic photography into a family vacation. If that sounds interesting to you, drop me a comment in the episode or leave a message using the contact form on my website, scottdavenportphoto.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, But anyway, since this trip is not a photo trip, but I want to build some photography into it, that changes my strategy for how I'm packing. I can't bring the full complement of gear I would for a full-on landscape shoot. I can't tote that around all day and be a tourist and be a thoughtful husband and father on a family vacation. So what's my plan? What am I bringing? Let me start with cameras and lenses. I'm bringing just Two cameras, my two standard bodies. I got my trusty pair of Sony A7R IIs. One has a 16 to 35 millimeter lens mounted, the other a 24 to 105 mounted. All the other cameras I got are staying home. A Sony A6400 I use for filming and occasionally for uh, for stills. You know, small pocket cameras and the Sony RX0. My longer lens, my 70 to 200. Not bringing it. It's it's staying home. The IR camera. Not bringing it. It's staying home. Two cameras. That's it. That's going to be my focus. And the the reason for this, you know, during the day when I'm out and you know being you know, part of this vacation, I'll have the 24 to 105 lens with me. You know, that's mounted on a body. That's my walk around lens. It's versatile. It's wide enough for a lot of things. And it's got some decent reach, so I will not be spending time doing lens swaps and so forth. I'll just be able to, to capture good moments you know, and play tourist, of course. The 16 to 35 will come into play when I've carved out a pocket of time to dedicate to photography. I love my wide-angle lens, and uh, I expect I'll be putting it to use in the early mornings, you know, taking in a sunrise, uh, early golden light, the rest of my family is sleeping in. I'm the early riser, so that uh, that plays to an advantage for me. I have this uh, this area of time around sunrise where I can be out, make a photograph, and you know, do do my thing, and then uh, you know, come back during the day. The cameras swap out, and you know, I'm 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 good to go. And that means like during the day when I'm out with the family. The bag on my shoulder is light. It's the one camera there, you know, and spare batteries and you know, memory cards, that sort of thing, of course. And when I'm solo, I can have that extra second camera there and have my versatility get those wide-angle shots that I want. And speaking of the bags, you know, so what about the bag? You know, normally, I carry uh, uh, my MindShift rotation. You know, it's a larger backpack. You know, I, I love the bag. I've used a rotation bag for six 
seven years, a long time. It has been my go-to thing. And I mentioned it in the last episode where I've been bouncing between a couple of bags and that's made me have some mistakes here. Well, I'm going all in with the Photocross 13 backpack for this trip. Um, I've done a, a full rundown of this bag in the past. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. But it's a great bag for being out and about all day. It's it's small. It's uh, you know, I said it's a 13-inch backpack, and I prefer a backpack to a messenger-style bag. You know, it's just more balanced on my shoulders. I don't have uh, more stress or less stress on one shoulder or the other. And the way the Photocross backpack works is I can still, with a simple enough maneuver, you loosen one strap and I can drape the bag across my chest temporarily. All of the access is from the side of the bag so I can get at my gear without putting the bag down. And that way, when I'm out for vacation time, I've got the single camera with the 24 to 105 on there. And there's enough room in the bag for other stuff, you know, snacks, you know, umbrella if I need it, water, that sort of thing. And um, I'll usually also bring a bandolier strap so that if I have the, the bag on my back of the bandolier strap that goes across your chest, screws into the tripod mount that's in the base of the camera, so very secure, and then your camera's at the ready all the time. And at that point, the backpack is, well, just a backpack. So that's the bag I'm bringing. You know, um, and I guess one other advantage to that particular bag is it will have all of the, the camera gear that I just mentioned fits in the bag, goes on the plane with me, it can fit under the seat. I mean, there's, there's just zero friction when it comes to traveling this light with, uh, with this bag. Now, filters. I am going to bring a few filters, a polarizer for sure. I'm outside most of the day. There'll be, you know, lots of lakes in Switzerland. I want to be able to manage reflections off those lakes. Uh, and, you know, just generally, you know, the high noon, you know, the sun is above your head. That's a great time to have a polarizer on, right? Yeah, sun's at a 90 degree angle to the lens. Polarizer's great to have. I will also have a few ND filters with me. Not the full complement of uh, what I normally have, but uh, my, my four, my six, and my 10. And those all fit very nicely into uh, Mindshift Filter Hive. Uh, you've, if you've watched any of uh, my in the field videos on YouTube, you'll have seen this bag. It's you know draped over my tripod normally. Uh, it has all the filters that I use all ready access. I'm paring that down. I'm not uh, taking every filter that I normally carry in that bag because uh, I'm not going to need them all. But you know the polarizer and a few NDs so that uh, the polarizer's with me. All the time, and when I'm out for, uh, you know, are the more I'll just say artistic or thoughtful landscape and cityscapes, I'll have the the NDs with me if I want to do anything special filter-wise. The last item that I have uh, I've wrestled with this a little bit is the tripod. Ooh, you know the tripod on a pure photo trip. Yeah. The big tripod comes with me all the time. For a family holiday where I'm still wanting to work a little photography in it, yeah, um, I still want a sturdy platform for my camera. I know there's going to be times that I want it, uh, but 
what to do about this. And so um, I have two solutions to my tripod situation. First is for the daily travel. You know, when I am just, you know, out being the tourist, but then opportunity presents itself says, oh, I could do this if I, if I just had something that was uh, stabilizing for my camera. I'm bringing my platypod. If you don't know what a platypod is, because again, link in the show notes, I've had one for a bunch of years, and it's a sturdy metal platform that has a few screw-in feet, as well as a 3-8 inch stud to mount a small ball head on it. And the whole rig is about the size of your hand. It's very flat. It you know, collapses down very flat. So it fits in a laptop or a tablet pouch in any photo bag. And it's perfect for day trips and places you wouldn't otherwise be allowed to bring in a, a large tripod. Now think like the interior of buildings, you know, churches, that kind of thing. You know, places you've got low light, you can only push the ISO so far. Or, you know, if, you know I'm thinking in Switzerland, you know, lakes, there's going to be rivers, streams, waterfalls. Uh, being able to get that little extra uh, duration on an exposure, but have stability for the camera, Platypod's going to be great because it's, it's unobtrusive. It has a really small footprint. Now, you do need a ball head to go with it. And for this type of work, I have a very small travel-sized ball head. It's something I plucked off of, a, I think it was a Mi Photo travel tripod that I, I just don't use anymore. But the ball head is still functional and, and great. And it's only the size of my palm. So that plus a platypod, I'm ready to go. Those things fit in the photocross backpack, no problem. I'll have those with me all the time. So if I need a tripod, I've got one. The second solution is for my dedicated photo shoots. And I am bringing a bigger tripod, a really right stuff tripod, but not the super big boy I use at the ocean. Uh, that's, that's just too big. Um, I'm bringing a, a really right stuff, a TVC 24 Mark II, and it stands fully extended, you know, maybe three and a half to four feet tall, but it collapses down well under two feet. And that's important because it needs to fit in my suitcase. Now, I don't want additional things to carry when we're moving from city to city on trains and you know, planes is less of an issue, but for trains, I just want you know, a single suitcase single backpack that's got everything that's for scott and my rest of my family is kind of the same way we all have one bag we all take care of ourselves so this tripod you know fits down into my my suitcase it's in the neighborhood of uh, other sturdy travel tripods like uh, peak design or three-legged thing or faisal you know, those types of uh, tripods and the ball head is smaller too uh, i have a bh40 it's smaller it's lighter you know keep the weight down in the suitcase and that uh, larger tripod, that'll stay in the hotel during the day, and I'll break it out and use it when it's just for me. So to recap all of that, two cameras, one with a 16 to 35 lens, the other with a 24 to 105. The 24 to 105 is the walk-around lens, with me all day, with me all the time. The 16 to 35 is for any solo outings I can squeeze in during the trip. I'll have a polarizer and a few neutral density filters. The polarizer with me all the time. The NDs will be for those solo outings. I've got a platypod and a small travel ball head for daily use. 
And all of that gear fits into the Photocross 13-inch backpack and a Mindshift filter hive. And I can have the hive you know, clip on the backpack, so everything becomes a single unit of stuff. And the last bit is the sturdier travel tripod in the suitcase for when I'm moving between cities and <laughs> I get to enjoy a nice hotel room except for when I'm going out for a solo visit. So I'm, I'm testing this arrangement out on a shoot this week with the, with the, you know, the same setup, you know, the, all that stuff in the photocross and then the, uh, the really right stuff, TVC 24 in my hand. I'll see how that's going to go. I, I think it's going to work out really well. And then I will have tested this out and be ready for my travels to Switzerland. So as this upcoming set of travels is not all about photography, toward the end of the year, I do have a 100% photography trip planned, and that's workshops in Oregon. And ooh, I'm, I'm excited about those travels as well, and the Oregon coast, uh, getting, getting back there, getting my feet wet. <laughs> I seem to can never, uh, never keep my boots dry when I'm working at the ocean. And if this podcast has you thinking about travel and exploring with your camera, making photos, I have three spaces, just three left, in my Bandon Beach and Beyond workshop happening uh, November 13th through the 16th. It's a four-day workshop. We're based in Bandon next to the iconic Bandon Beach, and we're going to be working and exploring the southern Oregon coast. Bandon Beach is at our fingertips. There's Coos Bay and Shore Acres. There's the Southern Corridor of the 101 Freeway, which has uh, Port Orford, Sisters Rock, Lone Ranch Beach, Brookings, uh, the, the entire stretch of coast. It has so many little coves and pullouts, and each one is so rich for photography. And November is a wonderful time of year on this portion of the Oregon coast. It's not crowded. The surf is starting to pick up, potential for some big waves, and the weather's temperate. You know, temperatures are in the low to mid-50s on average during the day. It's about 10 degrees C for my metric friends. Uh, rains are light to moderate, You know, no different than any other time of the year. Uh, so I am I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm, I'm also looking forward to the, the, the headquarters for the workshop. You know, it's, it's a stone's throw from the, the bluffs overlooking... Bandon Beach. And so, you know, being able to uh, assemble and, you know, have uh, breakfast and pop out for a morning shoot right from HQ, or if the sunrise is looking like it's going to be great, you know, we hit, we hit the, the beach for sunrise and then we're, we're back at HQ with a handful of minutes being able to you know, have breakfast, have coffee, share photos, talk technique. You know, HQ is more than just, uh, you know, a place to to start our journeys from. It's a, a place where we come back and we can hang out and work on our photos. You know, lots of space to, to work and interact. To mention, there's only three spaces left. This is a small workshop. It's a six photographers total because that's important to me. I want everyone to get plenty of one-on-one -on -one time because you're coming to a workshop to improve your craft. And whether that's field work, whether that's Lightroom or on one or other post-processing tools or, or a combination of the both, a small group means you're going to get what you want out of the workshop. If this sounds like your kind of thing, 
Links are in the show notes. The cost of the workshop, $1,595. And that's November 13th through 16th, 2023, Bandon Beach and beyond. That will do it for this episode of the Stop Down Photography Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you gave you uh, some ideas about how you might pack differently for uh, for a non-photography trip, but you still want to work some photography into it. Because you know, I, I think that we, a lot of us go through this, right? We travel for lots of different reasons. We still want that photography to be part of it. I'm excited. I think this is going to work out well for me. Uh, before I drop off, again, thanks to everyone that listens, supports the show, shares it with your friends and with your photo buddies. Uh, If you are interested in learning about other ways you can support the podcast, check the show notes or hit the support my work button on any page of scottdavenportphoto.com. Most of the ways are zero cost to you. There are plenty of free ways you can support this show. And I thank you all very much for listening. And until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun. Thank you.